Ladies and gentlemen, before we start this episode, I would like to tell you about our free live webinar highlighting the key pillars to nutrition success. If you've got goals, we've got answers. Whether you're trying to lose weight, build muscle, feel energized, or just educate yourself, this webinar is for you. Join us Saturday, December 5th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check us out on Instagram at Eat Right Nutrition, E-A-T-R-I-T-E Nutrition, and click the link in our bio to sign up now. Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to talk about women and birth control. All right, Nicole, this is your wheelhouse. Oh, boy. It's your time to shine. You're on the spotlight today. Because <laughs> I don't know nothing. shit. I don't know shit about <laughs> women in birth control. <laughs> well, as a man, I hope you know something. Unless there's little Cito's running around that we don't know about. Well, you know, no glove, no love. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> That's it. There might be a Cito out there somewhere in the universe. Oh, boy. That, that I don't know about. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, right. So what, right. you don't know anything about birth control? Like nothing? Come on. I mean, I know a little bit, but, you know, I've never taken birth control. I've never done in-depth research on it. Um, I'm know, interesting. I'm interested to know as a male what your perspective is on birth control. Like, what do you know? Well, like, what is birth control? I, I know that there's different types of birth control, and I know that there's different reasons to use birth control, right? It's, it's a contraceptive yeah. to prevent pregnancy. And it's also used, you know, I've, I've had clients throughout the years that use it to balance their hormones because they just mm -hmm. naturally have an imbalance. Yeah. I mean, ultimately birth control pills are to prevent you from getting pregnant. Let's and just I, get to the, the basics. And I know that on the tail end, it takes a very long time for people often to rebalance, but we're going to get into that and you're going to yeah. get a little bit more in depth on that. Yeah. So just to go back to your point, so birth control pills obviously are to prevent females from getting pregnant. A lot of women, myself included, have been on birth control pills, or I have anyway, from a very early age. I think I went on my first birth control pill when I was like 16. But a lot of women go on birth control pills not just to prevent pregnancy. If you have heavy periods, um, a lot of women go on it for acne or bad PMS or see improving... Like if, if women get migraine headaches, um, if they bleed for large, period, large periods of time. I mean, there's so many uh, cysts, um, fibroids. What else? The list goes on so and on. So cysts like, uh, like PCOS cysts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times when you go to the doctor as a female, and our listeners, you guys can, uh, can chime in here and agree or disagree. You go to the doctor. You say you want to go on a birth control pill to prevent pregnancy. And, you know they give you kind of a list of birth control pills. They'll ask you like, do you want to go on a pill? When I was growing up, it was just the pill. The things like IUDs and um, shots and different methods that we have now weren't even available. So you go in, they would give you a list of pills and next to the pill form, it would give you the dose of estrogen and progestin based on your symptoms. Like if you had heavy periods, 
they gave you a certain level of dose. If the, if you had um, acne, breath control pills do a lot of different things for those types of symptoms. So they would give you a list and you would match your symptoms up with that list. And that was the pill that they chose. There was no like pre-testing your hormones to find out where you are before going on the pill. And they really didn't talk about weight gain, which I think is a big subject for today's podcast, simply because a lot of women that go on a pill will gain water weight coming on a pill. Sometimes women don't gain any weight. So it depends on the female and kind of where they're starting from in terms of their hormones before they go on and the reasons why they go on. So you go to the doctor you get your pill, you get excited, you start this first pill, you start going on the pill and all of a sudden things start to change. And then you can have sex with your boyfriend without a girl. <laughs> well, you're pretty, you're, as long as you use the pill correctly, you know, it's one of the most highly effective, right? It's easy to use. It's pretty user friendly. You just take the pill every day. It's like, and- the, it's like the iPhone of, uh, <laughs> it's user friendly. It's user are friendly you don't really but need to read of- the manual you just kind of <laughs> just take the pill you just start using it and you and it works and you're good yeah you well let's if you use it correctly it works right but a lot of women forget to take their pill and skip days and then you have to double up on the dose the next day which can make you feel nauseous and really icky because you're taking a double dose of hormones but my point being is that when you go to the doctors and you get your prescription for a pill, you start taking it out without really thinking of how it's going to affect your body. The, really, the only thing I've ever heard women really be concerned about going on the pill is if they'll gain weight. <laughs> That's really the only concern. I don't want to get pregnant. I also don't want to gain weight. And I want all my symptoms that I came into the doctor complaining about to just go away. So you don't think about it. You on the pill, you get started. And honestly, 90% of the time within the first, it takes about three months for your body to adjust to these synthetic hormones. And you, like you said, you go on, you have sex, you don't worry about getting pregnant, but we don't really pay attention to how it affects our body as females long-term, which is something I'm hoping we can continue to dive into today. Okay. So you mentioned the different types of birth control. So Let's get into the different types and how they affect you. Mm-hmm. And just run us through. Well, there's three you know, different what, categories. What they are, what they do. All right. So you have three different categories of birth control pills. One is the hormonal birth control pill, which I just mentioned. And that's everything from a pill form, a hormonal IUD, an implant. There's a couple of um, options. And then you have the non-hormonal birth control, which is like a copper IUD or diaphragm. Is the, um, and then, is the implant and the is IUD, are those two different things? The implant goes in your arm. The IUD okay. goes into your... How do you know? How, do, how does the, something in your arm work? It releases hormones. So from, it's a hormonal implant. Yeah. Okay. Is that like... So there's, uh, horm- so there's a uh, there's a <laughs> testosterone. Well, no, no. Um, there's a testosterone treatment now where they use... It's like a time release bead, right? Oh, and yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they implant a bunch of these beads. Kind yeah, of similar sim- to that, like similar in your yep. arm, we you put it wherever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, slowly over time, those beads start to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing about the hormonal IUD and things like the implant is they completely can take your period away where a hormonal birth control pill has certain dosage of the hormones each week. Right. And then you have what we call a sugar pill week where it has no hormones. And that's what we call your period pill bleed. You don't actually get 
a real period when you're on your birth control pills. You just stop the hormones because those sugar pills allow your body to bleed. Does that make sense? Well, so those pills are just, you don't really need, even need to take them. They're just a, well, remi- they're just a we, reminder. You take like- them to keep taking the pill because just like anything else in nutrition, you create a habit and the habit is to take the pill every day. So you want to take the sugar pills. Most women don't, to be honest, but you should if you're trying to, rep- you want that daily pill to take just so that you don't stop taking it for that week. And then Sunday comes when you're supposed to start your new pack and you forget to take a pill. So the goal and then you is have to, to keep double up it. the next day because you forgot. Yes, which is horrible. So anybody that's had to do that, you get so nauseous by taking a double dose. Do all women get nauseous or I feel like maybe just you? I don't think so. I mean, listen, we're talking about hormones and anything that you know about hormones is every woman is so individual in how their body functions when it comes to getting their cycle. Right. So my whole point to this is that whatever you choose as a female to use for birth control pill is going to be very personal. It's going to be something that you know that you remember to take, that you're committed to, that feels good for your body. So making sure you're doing your research is probably the biggest message for today's episode is to make sure you know exactly what you're putting in your system and making sure that you're making that decision based off of your lifestyle. All right. So let's go back into the types of birth control. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll start with hormonal birth control, Mm -hmm. which... uh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask away. It's easier well, when so, you ask me questions. So you, that's, you said that that's the most common birth control that people do is is mm-hmm. I, typically a pill probably, right? A pill or an IUD is really the most common, I would say. Implants and vaginal rings, like there's, there's lots of different things. The IUD has also, uh, we should talk about time-based. So you can, a pill form is something you take every day. And then you have your period pill bleed on the week that you don't take the pill. But even for some women, that's hard to remember to take and they'll get an IUD like the Mirena and you get that. You don't have to do anything in terms of changing that out for five years. Some women keep it in. They'll go every five years and have it removed and reinserted because over the course of the five years, the hormones diminish. And so they have to go get it changed. So the IUD has hormones in it. Yeah, there's a hormonal IUD and then there's the copper IUD, which has no hormones. So let's, before we touch up on the copper IUD with no hormones, let's go into the, the hormonal effects and what you're doing and what you're actually taking when you're, I guess I call it supplementing with um, essentially hormones. Mm-hmm. Well, basically we're trying to take that ovulation phase away. If you don't have, if there's no ovulation, that means there's no release of an egg, which means there's no potential for pregnancy. They also, a lot of the hormonal type um, birth control pills will thicken the cervix, the cervical mucus, which makes it harder for the sperm to enter the uterus in the first place. So you'll, that's the reason why women that go on the pill will get lighter bleeds because they don't shed that lining. That's why they don't get a period. That's why that pill bleed is just a, it's a chemical, we call it a chemical bleed. Basically it's because you're not taking the pill during that time. So you bleed, but it's not an actual period bleed. It basically works to throw off your natural increases in estrogen during your follicular phase. If you want to get really technical. So no estrogen surge during that time means there's no signal to the brain to release the follicular stimulating hormone to continue your menstrual cycle. So you don't ovulate. So therefore you don't have an egg release. So therefore there's no egg for the sperm to meet to create 
pregnancy. Okay. Now the hormonal forms all different are either estrogen and progestin or just progestin. So correct. How do you how does one determine which one is the right fit for them? That is such a great question. And ultimately, women that don't use estrogen will have have will have had some sort of family history with estrogen issues. Like if you have a history of breast cancer in your family, stroke, things that we know that increasing estrogen can wreak more havoc in the body. So they will tend to go with progestin only. Is that because it increases uh, thrombosis or mm-hmm. um, blood clotting? Yeah. All of, all of the risks around any type of estrogen dominant pill. And there's different, there's different levels. There's like a low estrogen pill. There's a medium estrogen pill and there's a high estrogen pill. And this is where things kind of get a little complicated, to be honest with you, Daron, because if you're not going into the doctor and getting a hormonal test before you go on a pill, this is my point is what we were talking about a few minutes ago is you go in and they just give you, they guesstimate, well, let's just start you on a low dose and see how you do. And then we can make changes as we go. But there's really not a lot of monitoring. Once you get on the pill, you just, like I said, you start the pill, you go on it, you don't get pregnant, everybody's happy. And if the symptoms go away, that's a bonus. But every female is so different. So that's another piece to this is just really make sure you're doing your research, know your family history. Most of the time, your doctor will go through all of that. And they're the ones that will make the decision on what type of what type of birth control you're going to go on, the reasons why, your background, your family history, and and so on. All right. And then we've got non-hormonal birth mm-hmm. control. And let's go into that and how that works. Non-hormonal is basically just that mucus. We talked about that thickening of the cervical mucus so that the sperm is cannot get to the egg. That's really what the copper IUD does. The copper IUD is really the only one that I have done a lot of research on because I researched it for myself. And I have to be honest with you, I was a little nervous of putting copper, something, anything in my cervix that I did not know 100% would not cause infection or sometimes it can poke through and get stuck. Sometimes it can fall out and get lost. I mean, <laughs> I just... I don't know. That just didn't seem like an option for me. So like it falls out and you don't even know. No, but I mean, you know, it's there. I mean, any woman that knows her anatomy can feel an IUD, the string that's attached to it that you can pull out. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Having something foreign in your body is my point. So I wasn't really for myself personally, that scared the crap out of me. (laughs) So I didn't go with an IUD. But a lot of women love them. They feel like they don't even know that it's there. But there's a lot of side effects to that, too. There's things like hair loss, and they completely lose their period altogether. They have lots of cramping. It's painful in the first few months that it's there. But then over time, they get used to it. And, it, you know, a lot of women really love it. They don't have to worry about taking a pill. There's no hormones correlated to it. So I don't know. Like it depends on the person. But think about your body's, your brain's ability to tell you what hormones to release in order to create a human life. I mean, you're, you're, you're basically stopping that process when you are using any type of birth control pill. I mean, if you really stop and think about that, that's pretty heavy duty stuff. You know, with men, we just snip and cut off the 
the flow. You do a vasectomy. Yeah, I, that's all you have know, to worry about. There's I, no hormones I, going in and out. I don't of your know body. any. I don't know any men that I know that will willingly do that. I would really? do that. A vasectomy. Yeah, I don't know. You're snipping some. That's some personal shit. But I get to put all the hormones in my body and destroy my system. But that's okay. Just wrap it up. Unless you're having, unless you're playing. Well, then that baby. brings that brings me to the third type of birth control pill, which is what we call lifestyle, and that goes. I mean, condoms are number one. That's really the easiest. But do condoms always work? They break. Aren't they like ninety nine point nine percent or ninety nine percent or something like that? Uh, if used correctly. I think also there's like trusted brands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not. There's not. Like, <laughs> it's just certain like no name brands. I'm like, ah, I don't know. That could have been made in China and. You know, yeah, like some bootleg stuff with a hole in it. Yeah. And then you have something like um, like the fertility awareness method, which is really trusting a female to know when she ovulates and when to, you know, not Listen, have sex. I've dealt, I've dealt with females for a very long time, and I don't know if I trust them to tell me the truth on that. <laughs> Listen, they I want, don't trust myself to do to do something like that. They want to lock this down. They want to be Abisita. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, then that brings me to my third lifestyle um, option, which is abstinence. Like, just don't have sex until you're ready to have a baby. Yeah, maybe for religious reasons. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm just saying it's an option. Yeah. How, so how let's these, go ahead. No, go ahead. So how did how do these affect your body? What's going on? The biggest takeaways from just knowing your body and what you're putting in your body and the types of birth control. The reason why this is an important topic for nutrition and exercise is that I get a lot of female clients that come in that are trying to lose weight, build muscle, just be overall be healthier. Um, and one of the things that we look at in terms of the health of a female is her menstrual cycle. It really is kind of the pulse of the body. If you have a healthy menstrual cycle, it's really important to know that your body is functioning correctly. You're feeding your body well. You're getting enough vitamins and minerals. You're exercising, exercising adequately. And if you have a normal period, that's something that I really take serious with my clients. So if you are on birth control pill, this is something that we talk about when we're developing a nutrition program. And I think it's important for females to really be aware of what they're putting in their body from a birth control standpoint, and how it affects them. It's going to be different for every single female. So it's really hard to kind of have a one, you know, track protocol for how to handle birth control pills and building muscle and losing body fat, et cetera. But it is something that we talk about a lot, or at least I do with my ladies, um, so I think it's important to make sure that you understand that when you go on a birth control pill, there are things that are going to change in your body. And one of them could be water weight. And that's something that I think a lot of women experience at the very beginning when they start to take whatever form of birth control that they're on. If their hormones start to change, water weight is a big change at the beginning. And other things that I really pay attention to when we're developing our strength training program and paying attention to nutrition is their gut health and different responses to food. Their hunger level can change certain food cravings, things that they liked prior in terms of different tastes for food can change when you go on your breath control pill. So those are things that we talk a lot about. And then another big one is stress, anxiety, and mood swings. 
So some birth control pills can help diminish PMS symptoms. Like if you have cravings for things like chocolate, if you get anxiety before, if you can't sleep, a birth control pill can help minimize those symptoms, but some birth control pills can actually create those symptoms. So making sure that we're creating a nutrition program based off of just like anything else, where you're starting from and then where you're trying to go in terms of whether it be a weight loss goal or building muscle or whatever the case may be, you definitely want to make sure that you know what your client's birth control is so that you can work around that as you develop their program. So we're doing like a supplemental protocol that is matched with their the hormone or the type of birth control that they're taking. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I I take birth control very seriously. And I know that most of my clients think a lot of my clients think I'm crazy when I talk so much about it. But a lot of the times when you do a recall for someone's food, and they're talking about increasing cravings or certain hunger levels, if you backtrack long enough, you can figure out that I'll say like, when was the last time you had this type of food craving? Or when did you notice this started to happen? And a lot of the times it is 100% around either stressful time in their life and birth control going on or coming off birth control pills is a stress on your body. So it can create a lot of changes and they'll backtrack and think, well, you're right. Actually, I went on this IUD and I started to bleed and then I didn't get my period at all. And then my sleep was a little interrupted. And you can really chip away at figuring out where some of those things started from. And then that's usually a red flag that I might want to pay more attention to how they're feeding their body. And now you mentioned that one of the changes is changes kind of directly or indirectly with other hormones in the body, right? So you mentioned testosterone, for example, when you spoke about this. Yeah. One of the biggest pieces of research that I have really paid attention to specifically for women trying to build muscle that are in uh, one being menopause, um, but two coming off of birth control pill. This is a statistic that is pretty widespread through all the research is that testosterone drops by like 60% when you're using birth control pills. And if you're coming off of a birth control pill or you're heading into menopause and your estrogen is low, which tends to happen if you are on a specific dose of a pill form or a hormonal form of birth control is that you want to make sure that you're paying attention to making sure that your strength training program is adequate enough and your supplementation is adequate enough to help to increase your testosterone levels. So let's, let's get into what that looks like from a training standpoint in terms Mm -hmm. of focusing on testosterone and, you know, obviously that's conversion in the body into the hormone testosterone, which women are around, if I remember correctly, it's around 70 is the level for testosterone, Mm -hmm. the normal level for most women, Mm -hmm. give or take. So to to have that drop so significantly when they're using um, birth control pills, I think is a pretty big deal. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So strength training in general, men and women does help to increase hormones like testosterone and estrogen, especially those big heavy lifts, right? Those deadlifts, those squats, those compound movements that uh, Mm -hmm. require a lot of effort and energy and those very large muscle groups. Mm -hmm. So creating some kind of a strength training program is going to be important. And, you know, the other piece to that is for the women who are just focused on cardio, cardio, cardio. Exactly. My point is those cardio bunnies that 
think that's what's going to create change in their body from a weight loss standpoint, and they're skipping out on that. You know, keeping in mind you the know? importance of the importance of this test of of this hormone. Mm-hmm. So the importance of testosterone is it helps to increase protein muscle protein synthesis, and it creates an anabolic environment where you're building muscle, right? Now, the importance of that is, first of all, testosterone in and of itself increases your resting metabolic rate or your your basal metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. And building muscle through testosterone, right? You do resistance training, you have some small spikes in testosterone, and then you build more muscle, and that also increases your resting metabolic rate and your basal metabolic rate. So keeping that in mind for somebody who's trying to, hey, I want to stay leaner, I want to look leaner, I want to lose body fat, th- that that's important. Regardless of hormones or not, Exactly. it's important to hold more lean mass. Now, again, I'll elaborate. We're not talking about bulking people up because it's very difficult. Women, I, I sat down with a woman the other day and she's like, I don't know. I, I heard from somewhere that if you if you do weight training you're, and you have protein, you're going to just bulk up. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's still a thought process for females. it's still a thought process. I don't know where it comes from, but it just keeps popping up. And it's like, you know how much time and energy and effort and calories it takes for you to bulk up and look like a man? It's not going to happen. I think what in a, in a woman's mind, the word bulk is just thick. It's like it's that you have muscle, but you also have body fat on top of it. Like well, we're not even saying we're not even using the word bulk. We're just saying, hey, build lean body. Bigger. Yeah. Build lean body mass. I don't even say bigger. I if I say build but that's lean what they body think, mass, like to that's me, what they that's, think it is. To me, build lean body mass, that's the best possible way I can put it. You're building yeah. lean body mass. You're not bulking up. You're not getting larger. You're not getting bigger. You're <laughs> you also think about it's micro tears mm-hmm. through your workouts. Mm-hmm. and filling in those micro tears, right? Microscopic tears. Like the, you, it's microscopic. You can't see it. How are you going to bulk up? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's such a myth, but it's so ingrained in so many females' minds that I don't know how to stop it. They're like, they're like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to look like you. And I'm like, you know, it's like the old, uh, it's like, it's like the old Arnold Schwarzenegger where, where, you know, he walks by and, you know, somebody's like, I never want to look like you. And he's like, don't worry, you won't. Yeah, you won't. <laughs> you, you never will. Right. Because it's, you're not going to look like me. You're not a male and you haven't been a bodybuilder for 15 years. You know, it's, it's not, and you're not a male. Yeah. Well, so, and based on all the conversation that, well, the conversation that we're having now, females are so, busy depleting their body. (laughs) Like you're on a birth control pill. It depletes you of your vitamins and minerals. You're on a birth control pill. We're suppressing hormones that create our one most beautiful quality, which is to create life where we're constantly doing things to pull ourselves away from being able to be fit, healthy, and strong. I mean, that's basically what you do when you're constantly pulling your body away from those, you know, from your natural hormonal cycle is that we're pulling all of those things away. And now we're trying to just hang on by a thread by implementing, feeding ourselves well, nourishing our body, getting strength training in, getting adequate amount of sleep. All the things that we consistently talk about literally on every podcast is trying to build all of that up and keep us healthy. So, well, so, so let's get into that. Let's get into, let's get into the nutrient status because you mentioned gut health. 
Mm-hmm. So, and you and I talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, gut motility and pushing things through your intestines and, and, you know, the movement of your intestines, you know, stomach acid, which, you know, you're not really breaking things down, mm-hmm. um, which leads to absorption issues. And then other things that will lead to right gut imbalances, uh, microbial imbalances that will lead to also additional absorption issues. Right. So yeah. specific vitamins and minerals that you're not going to be absorbing. Now, if we couple that with I'm on this pill. I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to increase my body fat and I'm just going to starve myself. Right. So not only are yes. you, so it's kind of a twofold thing where you're, you already have your absorption affected, right? Your digestion, your breakdown with the stomach acid, the gastric motility, the absorption issues and, and imbalance with the uh, gut microbiota. Right. Mm-hmm. So added on top of that when you're under eating you're under eating so you're undernourished just through your consumption but then you're also even more malnourished when you're you have these changes in your body Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and that takes time like you know to put this in perspective you have to be on birth control pills for a few years where and before stuff like this really starts to kind of pull away right A lot of women on birth control pills from teenage years, like I mentioned earlier, all the way up until the time where they then are looking to get pregnant and then they'll come off of the pill. And for every female, it's different. Listen, I've had clients that will come off birth control pills. If I if I prepare them properly for coming off birth control pill, they have a much easier time getting their periods back normally. It takes about three months, the same amount of time it took for your body to get used to being on the pill. It'll take for it to just to come off for your natural cycle to come back. Um, And then I've had clients that it's taken literally up to six months to a year before their cycle becomes more normal. So it really depends on the female. That's such an individual based response and how long you've been on the pill for, how long you've been utilizing whatever type of birth control you're on. So over time, being on these pills and having your hormones be, I call it interrupted, is going, it can wreak havoc on your system. And now this is completely individual. It depends on the person. Not every woman will go through this. So I don't want to use this episode to scare women to not use birth control pills. I use them. I have my whole life. I guess my point is more, you need to make sure that you're paying attention to your body and nourishing your body correctly and making sure that if you are going to come off the pill, you're preparing yourself to come off it. And part of that is feeding your body so that you're nourished, supplementing, and all the things that we've mentioned so far. But there are a lot of women that go through lots of issues with birth control pills. It can create even more of an imbalance in their body in terms of the hormones than it did before they even went on the pill. And I always say this to clients, if before you went on the pill, you went into the doctors because you had acne or you had really heavy periods and you go on a birth control pill and it takes that all away and you feel great, the minute you come off of that birth control pill, all of those same issues are going to come back. They don't go away. <laughs> they And they actually could come back even stronger. So you have to be aware. How do I want to say it? It's a suppressed or, or Band-Aid to all of the things that you felt prior to. Now, question for you. So this kind of ties into a little bit of the testing that you mentioned, right? You, you mm-hmm. I want to go a little bit more into detail on that. You mentioned the, ju- the Dutch test yeah. and the potential for using that, which most women don't use before they go on or during or after. So where, where does that 
come in? I am a huge fan of testing for hormones. And obviously this is because of my own personal experience. So let me give you a little background. I went on birth control when I was very young. When I came off of birth control, like my late 20s, early 30s, and I was trying to get pregnant, my body was a disaster. And I had to get a bunch of hormone tests to figure out what was quote unquote going wrong. And I ended up finding out that all the years that I was on this birth control pill had really suppressed my estrogen and I really wasn't making any and my progesterone was higher. So I was estrogen dominant coming off of birth control pills. And I then had to work to get my hormone levels back up to normal so that, of course, I could then get pregnant. And so it took me a year and a half from coming off of the pill to get back into what was considered normal hormone range. And I think a lot of women just, I mean, I was one of them. I never thought coming off of a birth control pill, I was going to have that much trouble getting my body back to quote unquote normal. So you can create lots of different challenges. Um, And for some women, it doesn't happen. But for some of us, it can be a little bit more challenging. So I think that's something to just pay attention to. All right. So let's talk about some of the strategies in terms of preparing your body for coming off birth control. Now, Nicole, when you say preparing your body to come off, are you talking about pre coming off or as soon as you come off? Like, where does that fall in? So I learned my lesson that when I, I wish I had prepared my body prior to coming off my birth control the first time. And a lot of the things that I learned over the course of that change was that I was under eating. Just to your point, I was under eating. I was over exercising. I was highly stressed out. And I had been on birth control pills for like 15 to 18 years. What I learned is that I do with my clients now is about three to six months prior to coming off, like when you know that you're going to come off of your pill, I started to implement some of these protocols. And a couple of things just in general is just feeding your body up and not living in a calorie deficit, really nourishing your body, almost like a reverse diet, I guess, for coming off of the birth control pill. You want to make sure that your body is fully nourished um, and that you're eating all of your cruciferous vegetables, like all of the basic strategies, adequate protein, strong vegetable intake, water um, and hydration, good healthy fats, just basically a normal, healthy nutrition program. In a kind of like a maintenance calories, which... Maintenance to a small surplus is a perfect place to be because here's the thing, and you know this, when you do that, in general, all of your hormones start to balance just naturally because you're actually feeding your system and you're fueling your body so that it actually is prepared for when you withdraw the pill, you actually now have what you just what you were discussing before. Your basal metabolic rate has increased, you're burning calories, like you're actually kind of turning the fire up so that your body then can come off the pill. And any changes that happen during that time, your body can handle. Um, and this goes for um, adequate sleep, lifting weights, supplementation, and keeping your stress low would, I guess, be the top five list that I, and gut would be the last one that I would add to that gut health. So, so, I mean, essentially what you're doing is your body's going through a stress. And if you're in a calorie deficit, you're more stress, it's more stress on the, on the system. Mm -hmm. And now the cardio you recommend low intensity cardio. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for a list training is like that low intensity steady state for anyone that's under stress 
or anyone that's preparing their body for stress, I always add that to a program. Because again, you don't want to overstress the system. Yeah, just the goal is to get your body. You know, it's interesting because when I work with women that are that come to me that want to get pregnant, these are all of the strategies that we implement in so that they actually can get pregnant. Very rarely do people pay attention to these same type of strategies when they're coming off birth control pills before they go on birth control pills, when they're heading into menopause, when they are postmenopausal, when they've just had a baby, you know, all of these times where in every one of those situations, the female body's hormone structure cycle, whatever you want to call it, is compromised, is changing, is starting fresh and new. And if your body isn't prepared for those changes, then I just think you are setting yourself back and you can really make sure that, I mean, you can't, we can't predict what can happen, but we certainly can prepare your body so that it's ready for whatever does come along, if that makes sense. Totally. And then supplementation, specific supplements. Mm -hmm. you, you say magnesium, B12, vitamin D, and just a multivitamin to cover mm -hmm. all your bases. Yeah, 100%. Those are all the ones that I use with my clients now. Okay. And what I'm I sure will you say, could well, so what ahead. I will, what I will say is that oftentimes with uh, B12, if there's some type of a gut issue, if there's an inflammation in the gut, you might have trouble absorbing B12. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people it's, they're not creating an intrinsic factor because of damage or some genetic thing. Uh, and B12 is important for energy metabolism. Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll see that on the labels of B12 supplements, you'll see supports energy metabolism or supports mm -hmm. healthy energy metabolism, whatever it says. And people generally think about that as energy, like as if it's caffeine. You, yeah. Right. And the misconception with that is it's not, you're talking about cellular energy and your body to your body being able to basically create energy or use the products that you're consuming to make energy. Mm -hmm. And if you're low in B12, Yes, there is tired and fatigue is associated with that. And that's why sometimes people will go to their physician when they are, you know, they're struggling with, with fatigue. And one of the things that the doctor will do is they will test your B12. And if your B12 is low, that's going to be a treatment. Maybe they'll give you a shot. Maybe they'll tell you to take a pill. Mm -hmm. If there's a gut issue, they'll tell you either the shot or a sublingual pill that melts under your tongue that goes right into, you know, those capillaries underneath your tongue to go right into your bloodstream to bypass the gut. That will help you to, to feel more energized, but it's not like a caffeine type of energy. It's you're more able to create energy from the foods that you're eating. If I had to kind of simplify that. Yeah. Uh, and then magnesium and vitamin D are things that a lot of people are deficient in anyway. So th those are two things, Nicole, that you and I recommend for people. I know that we recommend magnesium for people who are having issues with sleep because it helps to regulate the sleep wake cycle. So if sleep is a stressor for you, supplementing with a magnesium. Now, I, I want to highlight with magnesium, you don't just want to go into a CVS and take your $10 magnesium yeah. off the shelf, which is typically going to be <laughs> magnesium oxide, maybe magnesium citrate. Magnesium oxide is the most common because it's the cheapest form. The bioavailability and absorption on magnesium oxide is very low. And the magnesium that typically I recommend for people is either a uh, magnesium glycinate especially for people with you know sleep disturbances because the glycine has a uh, sedative effect like we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about this with testosterone and getting quality sleep and increasing your testosterone levels when we talked about 
you know, optim- uh, testosterone optimization in episode two. And the other magnesium that I generally recommend is magnesium malate also for absorption reasons, right? It has a high bioavailability. You take a lower dose, you absorb more. Uh, and then, and then the other thing is uh, vitamin D. Vitamin D is essential for hormone production. It's essential for your your immune system. It's essential for a lot of different things. Vitamin D is actually a hormone, so it's it's important to have good vitamin D status. Now, what I find, and I had this conversation with a client earlier today, is that with vitamin D, I, I, doctors are still doing this, and they're like, okay, cool, like twenty, like if your level is at at twenty, what is it, nanograms per deciliter, that that's sufficient because you're not in deficiency, but the range that you want to be in when you get your vitamin D checked is typically anywhere from 40 to 60. Yeah. I was going to say that seems low. Yeah. 40 is the minimum kind of threshold there with, mm-hmm. uh, with vitamin D. So maybe you're at 50, maybe you're close to 60. That's really the range that you really want to be in. And that's what I would consider an optimal range. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, a multivitamin, just broad spectrum, cover all your bases, fill in any kind of nutrient caps that you have there. Yeah. Uh, and then the strength training piece, obviously that's important. And then adequate protein to help you to build lean mass, increase your resting metabolic rate, just like we talked about earlier. And those are the things, I mean, these things I can talk about the hormonal women thing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Meh. but uh, yeah, I mean, it's all the same stuff that we talk about it. I, I, you know, there's really not much difference between us doing a nutrition coaching for healthy lifestyle and preparing yourself for coming on off a pill or something that is changing your hormonal balance or throwing it off or for some women going on birth control pills is a game changer it makes them feel amazing and they feel so much better so this this is not a not a you should or shouldn't do it it's just be aware and be smart about how you do it if that makes sense because Every woman has a right to choose what to do with their body and how they're going to treat their body. I just want women to be more aware of, you know, I I can't tell you how many women come in and I'll go through a recall and be like, okay, so what type of birth control are you on? Uh, A pill. Okay. Well, what's the dose? What's the name of it? Do you know what the dose is for? They they have no idea. They they rely on the doctor and the physician. And I I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that you and I had said in starting this podcast to begin with is we want people to be their own advocates and to yeah. be knowledgeable and have the you know the confidence that they can go into their doctor's office and they can ask questions and those yeah. questions should be answered and you know if they're not then you know reconsider who you're going to see because just the- empower yourself to make educated decisions about what you're putting in your body for every female that is listening you have the right to choose what you do but you also have to be smart about the choices that you're making and being healthy and fit is great, but you can really mess things up if you're not careful. And I mean that in a positive way, like not in a mess things up where you're going to, you know, everything crumbles, but you want to make sure that you're really taking care of your system when you're altering your body's ability to ovulate, because let's be honest, if the guys out there are like you, Daron, and they're not going to have a vasectomy and half of them don't want to wear condoms, all this is on the female. I just have a problem with like a, you know, a scalpel <laughs> scalpel down there or a scissor like. They're, well, huh. they're not cutting it off. <laughs> they're just cutting the flow. What if they miss? They won't miss. They yeah, do brain know. surgery. They're going to what? Make a mistake and 
I mean, they're, 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 they're <laughs> humans. They're only humans. You never know. I can't with you. You're too much. <laughs> I make mistakes. I'm sure they do. I think they need to have a man pill that takes your that suppresses or or not suppresses like your semen supply stops. Is that possible? I'm looking that up right now. <laughs> like, is it? I mean, cl- clearly it is not. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, what you is just... the male pill? Really, all I'm seeing is. I don't think so. I've, I haven't seen anything, but I think that would be hilarious. Researchers are optimistic that a safe, effective, and reversible method of male contraception will eventually become a reality, although this yeah, is still right. several years away. That's so right now never going to happen. Right now, it's just condoms and a vasectomy. That's what yeah. it looks like. That's never going to happen when Viagra is like the number one. That's the male pill right there, baby. That's it. We want you harder and able to last longer. <laughs> so there's no way that we're going to take that all away. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, that would affect a lot of that, right? If you hormonally yeah. change a man, right? Even think about that. Men, men, if they, if men have lower estrogen levels, estrogen yeah. is important for, dare I say, for for getting a hard on. No, I guess I'm just. I guess you know. I mean, maybe I'm old school, but I just feel like when you're a female and you know that you have all these options, there are a lot of really great options. Look how far things have come. Where. You know, there's pills, there's hormonal pills, there's copper IUD, you have shots, there's so many options. I just want women to really be empowered to make sure that they're making the right choice for themselves. And they know how, you know, the pros and cons of how it affects your body. And then when it comes to just nutrition and exercise, there are a lot of really great things that you can do nutritionally and with your exercise program to make sure that your body is at its optimal form when you're manipulating, coming on, going off, getting pregnant, post-pregnancy, menopause, all the times in our life that females go through these types of changes. So moral of the story is you should be educated about what's going on in your body, what's going into your body, how it's affecting your body, how it's changing your body. You should be in tune with your body and realize when something is off and have a conversation with your physician if you do feel something is off and maybe there's an adjustment that can be made. And there are also strategies for your nutrition and exercise that can also be utilized to maybe alleviate some symptoms or to help you either before or after you're taking the pill, coming on the pill, coming off the pill, and to make sure that your body is nourished. Uh, what I would say, Nicole, correct me if I'm wrong, you want to be in a maintenance or a little bit of a surplus. And then as you start to balance out your hormones, then maybe you can consider a calorie deficit if your goal is to uh, lose body fat. Yeah, absolutely. It's not that you can't make changes in your body. Quite the opposite is basically I'm saying you can absolutely do that, but you just want to do it in a way that's going to be from a healthy standpoint. And the other thing too that I would add to that too, Daron, is please ladies get tested. Do not just be satisfied with a, this is just the way it is type of situation with how you feel. If you think something is off, if you're doing everything right in terms of taking your key words there, if you're doing everything right. So be real with yourself, right? Because I think think oftentimes people are very quick to judge their hormones Mm -hmm. when you're eating like shit, you're not exercising, you're high stress there. You have to be real with yourself and make sure that you've actually been doing the things that you need to be doing. And if you're questioning, maybe I'm not doing the right things. 
mm-hmm. you know, Go from a nutrition stamp from from or or from a nutrition standpoint, from a exercise standpoint, that's when maybe you know not from the medical side of things, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe you'll want to connect with a coach who is knowledgeable in this area, who can be like, all right, cool, here's the deal, here's what you're doing, here's what you're not doing, here's where you can make some adjustments. Let's see what happens with this. If you do these things for a period of time and it's still not working and you still feel like crap, then it's a conversation medically that you need to have with your doctor. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's like we always say, there's 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 a spectrum. There's the people on the left that do everything that they're told to do. And there still might be something that feels off. We're not going to like say that that doesn't happen because it does. And then you have the other people on the other end that say they do everything that they're supposed to and don't and don't create change. We want to be somewhere in the middle. For our listeners, if you have more questions, just reach out because this is a huge subject. I feel I mean, like I so, could go yeah, on well, and on and on. I don't think we covered everything, but I think, <laughs> it was a good, I think it was a good base. It was a good starting point for us with this conversation. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a good segue into maybe future conversations around this a little bit more in depth. Nicole, thank you for all of your knowledge and wisdom, as always. I try. I try to own. And ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars and comment, and you'll hear us next week. <laughs>